0: Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, here to reschool us all in the things that really matter. I'm your host, founder of the Curiosity Club and certified life coach, Katri Barrett. Each episode, I speak to special guests asking the awkward and important questions so you don't have to. Each season, we focus on diving into a topic from our curious curriculum, self, mental health, sex, relationships, work, money, and a whole lot more. This is the podcast where we have the conversations needed to remove the shame, stigma, and feel less alone in the experiences that we all have in common. Are you curious? Pull up a chair and join us. Well, here we are, the final episode of season three. To wrap things up, I'm going to be doing a solo episode today because I wanted to kind of encapsulate all of the learnings and the common threads from the discussions that I've had with our fantastic guests this season about the things that they wish that they'd learned in school. As many of you know, I am a certified life coach and a huge passion of mine, as you may have uh, been able to tell already, is to kind of equip individuals with the practical tools and techniques to better help themselves in all of the areas of their life. After the conversations with the guests in this season of the Curiosity Club podcast, one of the common themes that seemed to come up for everyone in slightly different ways was the importance of knowing yourself and how if we had been encouraged or kind of supported or guided when we were younger in ways of self-understanding, in how to know who we are, how we feel, how to process that and how to better navigate all the different parts of ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, our beliefs, then how powerful and how much better we would have been able to navigate all of the experiences through life, which have been different for each of us, as we've heard from, from all of our different guests and their different experiences, their different work, their different relationships. But that common thread is self-understanding. And the whole reason the Curiosity Club exists is to really empower individuals to be able to know themselves, to be able to accept all the parts of themselves the good, the bad, the helpful, they're not so helpful, and in order to make the most out of their life, make the most out of their work, make the most out of their relationships, and better show up to all of the challenges in life, and better navigate any experience that gets thrown your way. So that's why I wanted to wrap up this season with a really practical kind of deep dive into how you can start doing that, because it's all very well knowing that you need to know yourself, but then how do you do that? I am very aware that sometimes that kind of piece of um, sort of personal growth, personal development is missing, that kind of practical element of how you can apply this stuff to yourself for yourself. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. Think of this as a really practical guide to you, (laughs) getting to know you, getting to understand you. I'm going to be talking through some of the main sort of steps to doing this, why this is important, what happens when you don't know yourself. I also wanted to take our personal debrief, which is a free resource that we have that you can download from the homework section of the curious Club website, a step further. I wanted to go deeper. So after you've listened to today's episode, I invite you all to head to the link in the show notes or head to the Curious Club website, so the and head to the Who Am I, a guide to you that I have created for you and this is an opportunity for you to start self-coaching yourself. I've included some really insightful, deeply reflective questions and tools so that you can start developing this deep self-understanding that ultimately is going to equip you with the knowledge, the resilience and the ability to kind of get to know parts of yourself that maybe you weren't aware of before or maybe you were squashing down or ignoring before now. If there's any areas of how we feel or what we do that we want to change, the first step is to bring those into the light. Develop that self-awareness and really get to know all of the parts of yourself. So that is exactly what this guide is. So the Who Am I? A Guide to You. After you've listened to this episode, head to the show notes of this episode and fill that in for yourself. So let's dive into it. And I want to start with what it looks like to have minimal self-awareness. Why is it important that we develop this relationship with ourselves in this way and there's a few kind of main points to this and I think the first one is when we don't know or when we don't have insight into the patterns within us that is when we tend to or potentially we become stuck in in ways of being and doing and feeling and thinking that aren't serving us or that we don't want to so those unhelpful patterns now as I just said, that might be ways of thinking, that might be ways of doing things, so those habits or behaviours. So if there's something in your life that you want to change, if there's something right now to, that is maybe to do with yourself, the way you feel, the maybe the uh, how you see yourself, your confidence, or something to do with your relationships, something to do with work, if there's anything in your life that you want to change, the first stage of that is Acknowledging what those things are, acknowledging what those patterns within yourself might be. So the thoughts, the beliefs um, and the behaviours. We can't change what we're not aware of. And so that is why it's so, so important. And ultimately, when we're not aware of these things, that is when we fall into self-sabotage. So that's the next reason why it's so valuable to to kind of develop this um, understanding of ourselves. Because when we don't, we tend to be unconsciously doing things, unconsciously being reactive when people say comments, unconsciously um, falling into ways of doing things that aren't serving us the people in our lives or the outcomes that we want so if things aren't working out for you if things feel this like um disjointed in your life if you're not feeling fulfilled or, or satisfied or maybe it's not even as, as obvious as that at the moment if there's just a kind of sense of friction or not being where or who you want to be chances are that there is a lack of self-understanding there and maybe you're potentially falling into those self-sabotaging habits. Another clue or kind of sign that someone is potentially lacking in self-awareness is that you repeatedly find yourself in situations that you don't want to be in. So that might be dating the type of person that you don't want to be with, in relationships you don't want to be with, ending up in work situations or conversations that aren't aligned with who you are. Maybe you are aware of that. If you're not, again, it comes back to that sense of dissatisfaction, not feeling fulfilled, feeling that something in your life is just off. So that's what it looks like when you don't have self-awareness. That's why it's so important to really start unpacking all the parts of yourself. Being curious, that is where our name comes from because I believe that being curious about ourselves, being curious about other people, being curious about the why, the what and the how of the world or the many why, what's and how's of the world is so, so valuable for us as individuals and sort of transformational as communities, societies, as global citizens but it starts with being curious about yourself and when you are when you do start looking and examining all parts of yourself not shying away from the uncomfortable or perhaps the less desirable areas of who you are or ways of doing things mistakes you've made and so on and so forth that curiosity is what then can feed into positive change. That is what then feeds into um, the ability to harness your strengths because you know what you're good at. You know what your attributes are, what type of personality you have. You know the things that you're good at and you're less so good at. So as well as the harnessing and knowing your strengths, you're also acknowledging and accepting your limitations, the things that you're less good at. If there's one thing that's certain, it's that every single person has flaws, limitations, weaknesses. I like the term limitations because I think it's quite an empowering term because weaknesses, if you can get to the point where you acknowledge and accept your weaknesses as fact, but they're not as a part of who you are, but you don't allow them to diminish from your strengths and attributes, then that is a really helpful um, place to be. But that takes quite a lot of self-awareness and um, sort of personal growth to kind of get there so thinking of that as like a kind of final stage the the first step is to just acknowledge and that's why I like the word limitations so accepting your limitations instead of beating yourself up for them so accepting that there's things in your job or your work that you're less good at but not Um, but not only focusing on those making sure that you're giving more attention to the things that you are good at so you can harness your strengths to help bolster those limitations potentially when you um, are able to be curious about the things that perhaps need work you're able to then improve in those areas sometimes it is just about self-acceptance there's certain things about ourselves be that personality traits be that habits be that Um, things to do with our physicality and our physiology and the way our mind works our memory and all of these parts that make us us and you you a big part of self-awareness is self-acceptance so examining all of these parts of yourself getting really honest about them and accepting you for who you are not beating yourself up for those limitations and not diminishing your strengths and attributes. Another attribute for someone who really kind of knows who they are is that they have freedom from limiting beliefs and they're not holding on to the beliefs of other people around them that aren't their own. To go a little bit further on that and kind of explain it, we all hold a set of beliefs. So these might be referred to sometimes as your core beliefs and most of which are uh, formed in our childhood from the experiences that we have. So every experience we have tends to kind of form these um, beliefs that we all have, especially the events that happened in our childhood. So some of these might be kind of helpful, empowering beliefs. They might be your own beliefs. Some might be the beliefs of your parents, your siblings, your teachers that have kind of, you've sort of, that have been imprinted on you. They might be to do with the culture that you grew up in, the society that you grew up in. Your beliefs shape your view of yourself and your view of the world and the other people in it and around you so when these beliefs that you're holding are perhaps limiting so perhaps they're not a truthful reflection on on what is there so they might be beliefs about yourself such as i'm not good enough that's a really common one i see in my life coaching clients that they might be i'm not lovable they might be i'm always going to get hurt everyone is always going to leave me they might be that money is bad money causes problems your beliefs shape how you think and how you feel and how you see and perceive all of the events that happen to you. And so getting to know what beliefs you are holding about you, about the way you do things, about how you feel, about your relationships, about money, about love, about sex, about success, all of these things, unpacking those belief boxes within you, is so important because until you do you can't pick out the beliefs that aren't necessarily serving you you can't pick out the beliefs that aren't your own that are beliefs of your parents are beliefs that you formed because of a throwaway comment that was said to you by a sibling or someone at school that actually wasn't intended like that but in your mind as a 9 year old you perhaps misheard or misunderstood and that that went on to form a belief that you're still holding now in adulthood and is impacting your confidence, your success, and how you can show up in your life. So knowing all of these things, that deep understanding, not only helps you change the areas that maybe you want to, to so change those limiting beliefs to more empowering ones that do serve who you want to be and how you want to live. The knock-on effect of that is improved relationships, improved confidence, improved mental and emotional well-being. And ultimately kind of improve success whatever that means to you you'll be able to do more of what you want to feel more of what you want to and be more of the person that you are that is most aligned with you and who you want to be and ultimately talking of improved relationships one of the biggest positive um, one of the biggest positive outcomes of this in my opinion is that it enables you to have a positive relationship and connection with yourself when you know all those parts of you when you accept all those parts of you it enables you to develop this deep unshakable connection to yourself that is like the supportive relationship you have with your best friend and that is one of the most powerful things ever, if I'm supposed to put it simply, in my opinion. Because ultimately the only relationship that will last a lifetime for you, the most important relationship in your life, is the relationship that you have with yourself. But unfortunately, it tends to be the relationship that most people put on the back burner, that they prioritise the least. I don't know if you relate to that or not. (laughs) So with all this talk of self-discovery, as I promised you, I want to talk about how. How can you start practicing ways? Um, how can you start getting to know yourself? What are the really practical ways that you can uncover those areas that perhaps you haven't looked at or examined before? Or maybe you know are there, but you've perhaps been squashing down. So I want to talk through a few really key steps and key areas for you to explore so the first point to make here is to remember that this is a lifelong practice this isn't something that you kind of do once and then you're like okay great tick box i know myself now that's fine and the reason being because we are ever-changing you're not going to be the same person now as you are in six months time you certainly aren't the same person as you were a year ago We're ever-changing. So you really need to get to know the different versions of yourself at different stages in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think change for so many people can feel scary, but it certainly is one of the most certain things in life, if we can be certain of anything. It's of change. And I think accepting that you're not going to be the same person, but that's okay. The more you can ground yourself in who you are in each moment, and not compare yourself to past versions of yourself, and not worry about who you might become in the future, but be grounded in who you are in each moment of your life, that is what is going to help you kind of find freedom from those those fears, those doubts and worries, and prevent you potentially from falling into that kind of traps of comparison, or not feeling like you match up to different versions of who you were or are. So the first step, and one of the most important things, is really knowing what your personal values are. Now, thinking of values, I always describe them as like your kind of inner compass. So with coaching clients, I I guide them through um, exercises. And one of the first questions that I ask them is, what gives your life most meaning? So looking back through your entire life, when have you felt most like you? When have you felt most yourself? And what were you doing in those moments? Perhaps it's when you were helping others. Perhaps it's when you're with family, when you're with friends, when you're in nature. When do you feel most connected to the version of you that you feel, and this is completely subjective to you, you feel is the real version of you? Now, nobody else can kind of tell you what this is. Only you know that sense of kind of alignment and that sense of connection, that sense of meaning. So what were you doing? If you're a creative person, if creativity is one of your core values, maybe it's when you're making artwork, making music. Perhaps family is one of your values, like I mentioned before, and therefore that's when you you feel like you come alive when you're spending time with loved ones. So number one, know your values and how. Reflect on those times when you feel most connected to the most authentic version of you. Number two is to know your beliefs. So I've already talked a little bit about beliefs, but how can you know and unpack your beliefs? So I always recommend doing some journaling around this. So always writing things down because sometimes it's just that simple act of putting pen to paper. And I always recommend handwriting over typing for this sort of exercise your thoughts are very good at kind of um, swaying you or confusing you and sometimes even just at the moment of writing something down and pulling it out of your head putting it onto paper is enough to kind of realize oh wow i've been ruminating on this this thought or belief but actually even just straight away i'm aware of i don't believe that why am i holding that so some questions to reflect on to get to know what beliefs you might be holding. So as I've said before about beliefs, some of them might be empowering, some might be positive, some might be limiting, negative, some might be your own, some might not be yours. So when I'm packing beliefs, I like to look at the different areas of life to hold, uh, to examine what you might be holding about those. So for example, money, relationships, self, health, community, fun and adventure, relationships, family, romantic relationships friendships you could break down your life into multiple different areas and start writing things down so asking yourself the question and completing the question when it comes to money i believe and for example you might say something like when i when i come to when it comes to money i believe that it's hard to come by and whatever statement you make then ask yourself why or why or answer it by with because so because when i get it it never lasts very long Why? Because. Keep reflecting and going deeper and deeper. What perhaps will happen here is that you uncover or realise that because your parents' relationship with money and how you witness them use it and struggle and struggle to save you then have formed your beliefs around what money is. But perhaps actually you're quite good with money. Maybe you do have enough money, but you what tend to worry about it a lot because you're holding the beliefs about it that, were, are, that are a reflection of how your parents were with their money. Maybe you've got rela- uh, some beliefs around dating. So maybe you d- spend some time journaling. When it comes to dating, I believe it's impossible to meet the person you like nowadays because it's all online dating. So start unpacking why that is. Whose belief is that? Maybe it's just because you hear your friends talking about that, whereas actually you really like online dating and it works really well for you. Get curious and just write things down. Keep going deeper and deeper with being like, why am I believing that? Why do I think that? What are the reasons? And as I said, some of those might be truthful, factual, but if you identify some beliefs that you suspect or you quite clearly know aren't your own or aren't serving who you want to be or how you want to feel or what you want to do, then those are the ones that you need to practice nurturing the opposite and more empowering beliefs. So, for example, if you realize you're holding a belief, let's use the I am not good enough one as an example... You want to start nurturing the belief, I am good enough. I am worthy. If you hold the belief that I'm not very good with money, you need to start nurturing the belief, I am good with money, or I have all the money that I need. And how you do that is to start thinking thoughts that align with that. And you've got to catch that in the moment. So that's why that self-understanding and the self-knowledge is helpful. That's the first step. The next step is to use that In each moment of your life, so in your day-to-day, when you notice thoughts and narratives that are stemming from those limiting beliefs you're examining, that's when you have got the choice to interrupt that narrative and start thinking a different story that is going to feed that more empowered and balanced and realistic belief. So number two, know your beliefs. Moving on to number three, and that is really, really, really get clear and identify what brings you joy the big things in life and the little things so for me the little things in life that really genuinely fill me with joy are shadows the sunlight beaming through and creating shadows I intentionally always pause to enjoy shadows my phone camera roll is full of snaps of this and videos I love it it's those little simple things that bring bring you that kind of sense of connection to you it fills you with that kind of childlike curiosity and and pleasure also for me moss the smell of moss the texture of moss being in nature is the kind of overarch but specifically things like moss the smell of freshly cut grass listening to my favorite songs and dancing around watching animal memes i am such a big fan if you follow my personal account and my coaching account um, on instagram you will know that i often share quite a lot of animal memes All of these things are things that you need to prioritise, but so often we we don't. So when you're maybe feeling stressed, when you're feeling disappointed, when you're feeling stuck, how can you prioritise more of the things that bring you joy? There's nothing more simple, I'd say, but also powerful to shift your state of feeling than doing something simple that brings you joy what are those things? Write them down, put reminders in your phone to do more of them and prioritise them in your every single day. So number four is to get to know what your strengths are. And I would split this up into different categories. So again, write this down. Um, As as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I have created the Who Am I? a guide to you. So this will have these questions in it as well. And then after you've completed that, you'll have the option to download the personal debrief. So you will have all these questions to reflect on to remind you. Um, But really getting to know what your strengths are. So I would say when it comes to your personality traits, when it comes to your work, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to money, so again the different areas of your life, what are you good at, what do you enjoy and what are your strengths, those things might be similar or actually they might be quite different and there might be something that you necessarily don't don't necessarily enjoy but actually you're pretty good at it in your job, really identifying these. I'm going to make the presumption that you are very good at reminding yourself of all of the things you're not so good at or that you wish you were or that maybe you fall short on. And you're very good at minimizing all of your strengths. So, so important. Get to know those parts of you that are attributes and remind yourself of them on the daily. So, the flip side of that, and number five lastly, is what are your limitations? It is important to acknowledge the areas of our work, of maybe um, our habits, our behaviours, how we are in our romantic relationships, our friendships, the, the parts that lim- are our limitations. So what this highlights is perhaps areas that we want to work on. And maybe those are some areas that you can do on your own. Maybe it's, it enables you to, to um, discover that actually you want to do some training if it's something to do with work. You want to do a course. Maybe it means you want to seek, um, let's say it's something to do with your beliefs about yourself. Maybe that's a limitation that you have and you struggle to make those changes yourself. Maybe it's working with a life coach. Maybe it's going to see a talking therapist if you know that there's patterns that come up because of past trauma. Whatever it is, we can't change something unless we acknowledge it. There will be some parts of ourselves that are would fall under that kind of limitations um, part. We all, all have them. We all have strengths and limitations and everything in between. It's obviously not as black and white as just strengths and limitations. It's like a whole spectrum of different things. Um, and a big part of this work, this self-discovery work and self-coaching work, is practicing self-acceptance of all of those parts. So that includes some parts of us that are just who we are, that might be different to other people in our lives or maybe some people that we admire but they are who we are and it what and it's what makes us us and trying to change that is not going to make you feel any better it's only going to keep you stuck in those unhelpful patterns and cause you to beat yourself up whereas if you can show yourself and show all parts of yourself without discrimination to the different parts that compassion that acceptance and that support that you would show your best friend then that is gonna enable you to find freedom of that self-doubt, of that worry, of that anxiousness, and of all of those kind of self-deprecating ways of thinking and ways of feeling that are not going to serve you, are not going to allow you to show up to your life the way that you want to. So those in a nutshell are five of the key areas that I would recommend having as your kind of foundation of self-knowledge, of self-understanding. Now, I would love for you to dive into this further by completing our Who Am I guide that I've created for you. There's then going to be a sort of taking you on a bit of a journey. There's a couple of downloads following from that, that you can then keep some PDF workbooks of our personal debrief from the homework section of the Curiosity Club website. Um, And I'm really excited for you, as always, to dive into you, (laughs) to get to know yourself, because it really is the beginning and the foundation of making some really positive changes and being able to support yourself through any experience that you have in life i would love to answer any questions that you have that comes up either from listening from listening to this episode or from completing the who am i guide or the personal debrief so please feel free to email me at catry at the uk or or head over to Instagram. Obviously, I'm over at the Curiosity Club Instagram, the Curiosity Club underscore. Or feel free to head to my coaching Instagram, which is at Katri Barrett. I hope you've enjoyed this season as much as I have created it. I have loved speaking to all of our incredible guests this season about what they wish they'd learned in school. And I would love to hear what you wish you'd learn. So please do let us know. And if you've enjoyed this season, make sure that you're following and subscribed wherever you're listening. And I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review telling us what resonated with you most, what what you've enjoyed, which episode you enjoyed, because it really helps give the podcast a boost and helps other people discover it. I will see you next season. Until then, stay curious.